This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. Jen, thank you for coming. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell us about yourself. Uh, well, uh, I am a born and raised Calgarian. Wow. Yeah, that's very odd. How many uh, of those have we had? One other. One yeah, other? Yeah, that's what I was represent. thinking. Yeah, yeah, born and raised here. I was born in uh, South Calgary. I'm living in the north now. Been here in the north for three whole years. North! Uh, I've got more speeding tickets in the last three years than I have the last 20 <laughs> living in the south. <laughs> yeah, they're sticky up here, right? Eh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they show up on motorcycles. Yeah. Only when I'm talking to sponsees on the phone when they're in crisis. That's when it happens. Every yep. time? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, red light cameras, speeding oh. tickets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been good. Uh, yeah, so born and raised here. Um, my parents moved here from Toronto. Uh, I have a younger brother. Uh, I grew up in Bonavista, actually. So I grew up uh, pretty um, spoiled. Mm. Or loved a lot, depends on... You worried it. Just call it loved a lot. <laughs> I was very loved. I uh, I grew up with two amazing parents, um, normal home, you know, 2.2 children, station wagon, and a cat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, growing up, I was a pretty good kid. Um, looking back at my report cards, I talked a lot as a child, and if you know me, you know that's very true. Um, I was easily distracted, um, very <laughs> social from like a very mm-hmm. early age. Um, I would have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Because you're still very social. Right? I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was good in school. I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, we would ski all winter. I would play indoor and outdoor soccer. I was a competitive swimmer. Um, overall, I was a pretty good kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a bit of a speech impediment. Um, so in school, I had to go to speech therapy a few times a week, which made me feel a little different. Yeah. Um, kind of funny because people used to think I was British because of my speech impediment so I feel bad now that I say that. How so? Oh, I sounded British with my little lisp. Oh okay. Yep. So yeah. That's <laughs> yep. okay. But I felt different as a kid um, because of that but it yeah. didn't affect me too much yet. Mm-hmm. That came um, later on. When I was about nine uh, my friend's dad his name was tom um he has since died of alcoholism but um tom was the local drunk and uh all the parents would talk about tom the drunk and i always yeah. thought drunk was a job there's like garbage men 
postal worker, <laughs> yeah. drunk, construction, you know? Yeah. And, and as, as a kid, I thought, oh my God, I don't want to do that when I grow up. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a drunk when I grow up. That's a horrible job. But um, Tom the drunk and uh, my friend's older brothers would sit at Tom's house and they would drink beers. Mm. And um, I don't remember too much of what happened in that time. I have like some memories of sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and I, after I got sober, I really tried to like figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. And I, I've never been able to, which is probably a blessing that I haven't been able to remember some of that mm -hmm. stuff. But at the age of nine, so I was drinking beers and I was hanging out with the older guys and I loved it. I felt like I was a part of, I felt like I was very much a tomboy growing up. So I felt like I was hanging out with my buddies um, and I loved it. Um, so beer made me feel a part of, mm -hmm. and I knew that at such an early age. And, you know, drinking was a big part of my family's history. My mom is an alcoholic as well. A lot of our community events involved mm -hmm. alcohol. So it was very normal growing up around alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, age 11, um, I was having a hard time sleeping and at this point I was starting to feel different from my friends. Hmm. Um, and I've heard so many people talk about this, it's not normal, it's not unique to me, I mean. Yeah. Um, and I felt different, I felt like my friends didn't truly know who I was and I no longer was the social butterfly and I didn't feel the same. Um, so a lot of stress, um, home life, family was starting to fall apart a little bit. Um, my mom one night gave me a sleeping pill to help me go to sleep and I loved it because mm -hmm. my head no longer raced about the insecurities of the day or you know the stress and so I took it one night and then I took it you know a few days later and then I started taking sleeping pills on a regular basis mm -hmm. um, so that was my introduction to drugs which I didn't know was drugs then because it came from my mom yeah. um, by the end of I think I was about 12 when my parents uh, were we're splitting up. I was going into junior high, went to a French immersion school. I didn't know French immersion meant that you speak French the moment you walk in class. I was not fluent in French. <laughs> um, so that was a little uh, stressful. Um, no. My parents were getting divorced. I didn't know too many people at that point whose parents were separated mm -hmm. or, or divorced. So again, I felt different. And that seemed to be a theme for quite a while in my life. So I didn't speak French. Family's falling apart. Um, my very first love, Jason, uh, kissed my best friend so I thought my life was over mm. in grade seven and I didn't know I didn't have anyone to talk to at that point um, as I said I was already feeling different uh, with all these other things going on so I attempted suicide um, I ate a bottle of Tylenol and um, I phoned the poison control because I didn't know what else to do I panicked and uh, so this is back in the 80s late 80s I'm dating myself here and uh, as taking these Tylenol and I phoned poison control and she put me on hold for a moment. I'm not sure why she put me on hold, but as she did, I kept taking more pills. Mm -hmm. And she came back and I told her that I'd taken more pills and she got angry at me and hung up. And this was poison control. So I thought, well, if this woman doesn't even care about me, like what's the point of this, right? So I took more pills and I went to bed. Um, my mom had thought I'd ran away at that point because I'd been gone for several days and I woke up a few days later. Mm -hmm. And because I woke up, I was just, I was mad. I was just mad at everybody and thought, fuck it, I'm, I'm done, like I don't care anymore. I'm gonna be bad, I'm gonna do whatever I want now because I, I just don't care. I can't care because it hurts too much to care. Mm -hmm. um, so I started skipping school. I ended up failing grade seven and I learned that if you fail grade se like junior high one year, you can't fail a second year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, which was kind of a good loophole for me I thought at the time. 
So I started skipping school. (laughs) See, I think us addicts are pretty smart, hey, Mm -hmm. when we figure stuff out. So I started skipping school. If Um, only we could use it for good and not evil. Right? Yes, yes. I still find loopholes. My work will tell you that's true, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just had an attitude of I don't care anymore, and I started drinking more, started smoking pot, hanging out with, uh, with people that I wouldn't normally associate with, you know, people from the north. And uh, <laughs> how dare you? I'm just kidding. Whatever. A, eventually, we get you. Eventually, we get you. Yep. Well, I was like, I was you know a prep back then. I wore like club monaco and really mm. nice clothes, and I hung out with. I started hanging out with these boys, and uh, this one guy I'll never forget. He, uh, we were sitting at a church, and I was learning how to smoke, but I could only French inhale, so I couldn't smoke if it was windy out. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> I'm picturing this kid trying to go, <laughs> trying to French oh, yeah. nail through Yeah, and trying to like cover my mouth or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was being cool then. I love it. And uh, <laughs> this guy walked up and he had long hair. Yeah. And I'd never seen anything like this. He had long hair and he had a ghetto blaster on his shoulder. And he was um, playing Slayer and he had like a jean jacket with a leather jacket and the concert shirt and the tight jeans. And I was terrified of him. Yeah. And in the same moment, I was so in love because it was the opposite of what I knew. Hey. Yeah. And that began that began like my love affair with Matt. And uh, in recovery, I had to make amends to Matt for a lot of things. So I have seen him, and he still looks the same. He just cut off the hair a little bit. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but he was like absolute rebellion for me, mm. and I loved that. Um, the next few years was Those about are fun ones. Fun rebellions. Yeah. Well, I love guys with long hair still. I right? I'm a sucker for it still. Yeah. yeah. I think I always will be. That's fair. We all got our things, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the next few years was about running away, getting into trouble. Mm. Um, my parents didn't know how to deal with me at this point. They were divorced and. Um, they didn't know what to do. So I ended up going to Woods for a couple times to the stabilization program. Mm. The second or third time I went, I learned that you can leave at any point. They can't hold you against your will. Again, another loophole, which I loved. Um, but while I was there, my parents would take me shopping. And I always thought, you know, if I go to Woods, go shopping, then leave. And it was, um, I loved that because I got mm. the attention from my parents and I got, I got, you know, rewarded for bad behavior by going shopping. Um, so yeah, a lot of loopholes is what I'm realizing now. Um, a lot of manipulation on my part. Um, and my poor family, they never knew what to do with me. They never knew where I was. I was running away all the time. Um, yeah. And at this point my, my parents were done. My mom, uh, is in the program. She's an alcoholic too. Mm. Um, this is probably when her drinking took off more would be my guess. Um, I was around too much at this point. My brother was in the home by himself. Um, when I was 15, my dad got remarried. Um, at his wedding, um, they had the non-alcoholic punch and the alcoholic punch. And me being alcoholic, I went for the alcoholic punch. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got so drunk, I lost my shoes. Oh. I don't really remember the night too well. I got my poor stepsister drunk for the one and only time in her life. Um, Ended up going to jail, I think, a week later because I'd broken into my mom's house um, trying to steal stuff so I could sell for drugs. Mm. Uh, went to CYOC, and while I was there, my dad and his wife, God bless her, uh, were showing me wedding photos. And this is how 
abnormal my family was, but it became normal to us. Mm -hmm. That it was a normal thing to, to sit in jail with me and show me these photos. What I didn't know was my family at this point was planning an intervention. Mm -hmm. um, I got out of CYOC and about two in the morning, my dad woke me and told me I was going to, going to treatment in the States, mm -hmm. Salt Lake City, Utah, which I had no idea where that was. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I remember being at the airport and the RCMP were asking my dad, like, where are, you, where are you guys going? Well, I didn't know and I wasn't really consenting, but I didn't have much choice. Yeah. And the RCMP were um, trying to convince my dad that they might not let me, they were telling dad they might not let me go, and I'm trying no. to convince them to not let me go too, because I don't want to go to treatment. Yeah. Like, I don't, don't think I'm that bad at this point. I'm only 15. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't let me go, and I was down there for four or five months. Was there a reason for Utah or? There was no adolescent treatment in, in Alberta or Canada at that point. Really? Yeah. This was, so this was 91. Yeah. Okay. okay. So uh, my parents were involved with uh, an organization that had children all over the states in different treatment programs. Okay, so you. New Jersey, like the kids of New Jersey yeah. was operating back then. There was, was it the kids program? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There was um, one treatment in Saskatchewan, but this agency we were with didn't do that. We went to. My parents chose Utah over Burbank, California. How depressing is that? That's hey, a like bummer, man. Right? Well, that right. I didn't know that was an option. Mormon, Utah, dry state, no drugs, no alcohol, or Burbank, California. Huh? Yeah, I went to Utah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's a bummer. Yep. Yeah. There's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> that almost matches mine over my mom telling my dad to come back to Calgary and not go to Hawaii. Oh. He was offered a church in Hawaii. Oh because my, my mom wanted to come back to Canada. Yeah. You're here. Oh. So I could be Hawaiian. I know. You see that look and on Hawaii, your face? And Hawaii Hawaii is like here. a magical place. Right? Have you been? Yeah. Oh. Just to Kauai, just to one island. Okay. Yeah. I, I've been quite a few times now. It is magical. Magical. Yeah. Yeah. So Calgary versus Hawaii. So every time I see my mom, I'm like, you could be in Hawaii, Mom. <laughs> The yeah. snow or the sand. And they were right not to tell us. They yeah. didn't tell any of us boys until like 20 years <laughs> went by. Yeah, they were right not to. Yeah, yeah. There would have been a rebellion. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sorry to interrupt No, you. no, yeah. Well, I'm dreaming of Hawaii now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. It's my happy place for no sure. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, so I went to Utah. Um, the treatment center there, They um, none of them were recovering alcoholics or addicts, except for this one guy. And his name was Chris. In every group session, Chris would just nail me with truth, and I just hated him. Oh, man. Everyone else I could fool and manipulate and con and mm -hmm. all of that stuff, but Chris, he would get me every freaking time, hey? And uh, I used to picture, like, me squishing his head between my fingers. <laughs> just, <laughs> man. I squish you. <laughs> I squish, squish, squish <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> Darcy, I squish your head. <laughs> yep. yeah, I, yeah, I secretly picture it yeah. sometimes still. Yeah, I love it. But he was good. He was yeah. really good. But man, he said, oh. But I didn't think I had a problem in Utah because, as I said, they were a dry state. Yeah. So they had, um, they drank Robitussin and huffed gasoline. <laughs> yep, I just smoke weed, do pills, and drink. You guys are messed up. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That's seriously, man. <laughs> yeah. Robotussin and huffing gas, yeah, yeah. So I didn't think I had a problem. Again, I was different, right? Yeah. Like I didn't come from a big Mormon family, and 
yeah, it's, yeah, I didn't do well there. But uh, I came back to Calgary months later and um, tried to go to 12-step and, um, again, didn't fit in because I didn't know anything about the steps. I didn't think I was an alcoholic or an addict. Mm. Um, How old were you now? 15. 15 still. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my first meeting I went to, um, I clearly met the sickest people there, and I know this is no reflection of the meeting, um, but I met these two guys who drove me home, which is a little sketchy all in itself, but uh, they told me if you don't use, you can continue to do the same lifestyle. Awesome. That was my first meeting. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so I can do all the, you know, lying, stealing, all of that stuff, just not use. Okay. Cool. So that's what I did for the next eight or nine months, I think it was. Um, I would go to meetings. I would still, you know, steal and lie and do all of that stuff um, and pretend to be sober. Well, I, I, I was sober, but I was not programmed. I didn't know anything about the steps or any of that kind of stuff. I had a sponsor by name, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do anything. I was just acting because I was always good at that. Um, and then doing what I wanted to on weekends. Um, around my 16th birthday, I started uh, dating the sober guy because I thought if he was good, I would be good. And uh, <coughs> he was so not my type, but I thought like hanging out with all these young sober people because back then there was quite a few that came back from the from the States. Yeah. And we all went to aftercare together. And I remember we went to Phantom of the Opera for my 16th birthday. And we went to a really fancy restaurant. And um, it was probably within a week that I was actually uh, on the streets of Toronto. Uh, no, I was on the streets of Calgary first before I went to Toronto. I, uh, I couldn't handle the sober lifestyle anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was too much effort. Um, I didn't get any relief. I wasn't using drugs, wasn't using alcohol, didn't have any, any outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was miserable, and and at this point I was, I just gave up. Um, I started um, some of those old behaviors. I started pimping some girls out. That wasn't enough attention. Um, I started prostituting myself again, um, and this time it was worse. I got in trouble with uh, biker gangs here in Calgary, um, and this is all like I hadn't used at this point. This is all mm-hmm. 100% dry, um, and just trying to like not feel anything. Um, so the last month of my using, um, I ran away to Toronto after a biker gang here, um, trapped me in a Robin's Donuts bathroom for hours, and um, the head guy, uh, his first name's Doug, he's actually out of the lifestyle, and I've heard he speaks um, to high school kids. Yeah, and he, um, he, that's how he makes amends, but I've never been able to see him in person. Mm. And uh, he's someone that I've always, always wanted to see again. Um, and I'll, oh, I guess I'll jump forward to that now before I forget, because my memory's really short. Once I got sober and came back to Calgary, um, I didn't want to be here because I owed the bikers money, and mm. you don't mess with that crew. Um, and so one of the guys at the treatment center was a former biker, knew him, went to him and said, Doug, she's trying to get clean. And Doug said, you know, um, good for her. Like, if she stays clean, the debt's free. If she relapses, her ass is mine. And that was the only reason I came back to Calgary was because I had that blessing. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, like, that's not anyone you want to mess with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always wanted to see him. But he had, like, um, 
I got in a lot of trouble with him. That's why we took off to Toronto. And uh, so in Toronto, I was with my friend and two pimps. And my friend got picked up one night, and I didn't know she was using my ID. Um, so she was arrested, and I came back to the apartment. And my pimp was mad because she's now gone. So he decided that he was going to take it out on me. Um, and things he used to beat me up were like pimp stick, which was like a wire coat hanger, a belt, um, a shoe, anything like a phone book, anything mm -hmm. that didn't leave a bruise because you don't want to, you know, bruise the merchandise. Um, and I'd already had an escape plan when he did this. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe, like, I always know God has put people in my life. And so this man that I had met on the streets, he was a John. And um, I had made arrangements earlier with him that he was going to come pick me up and I was going to run away. Mm -hmm. So when I came back to the apartment and was beat up, um, I knew this guy was coming to get me soon. So I was out on the balcony and I was crying because I didn't know what else to do. My, my only friend is gone. Um, I've now been beat up by my pimp. I'm in Toronto. My family told me they didn't want anything to do with me at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and I still hadn't picked up a drink or a drug. That is the insanity of all of this. Um, this is 100% sober. And I'm standing on this balcony, and it was a high-rise, and I don't know how many floors up it was, um, but it was quite a few. And the man that I had met earlier to come pick me up, um, I saw him get back into his vehicle. And the windows were up, and I could hear Death Leopard <laughs> over the speakers. And... Um, he was about to drive away and I didn't know he was trying to get into the apartment and my pimp wouldn't let him. Mm. And he was about to drive away and I started screaming so loud that he heard me above the music in his vehicle with the windows up. And mm. I know that was God because I know if I didn't get away in that moment, I was I was dead. Mm. I knew I was either going to kill myself or I was going to get killed somewhere on, on track is what they called it. So when you go on track, you go from like Calgary to Montreal to Toronto to, you know, they move girls around so you don't get caught. Mm. And that's where a lot of the girls are murdered is on track. So I knew if he didn't stop, I was done. But he heard me. And I don't know how he heard me. I don't know how um, I left that apartment, but I escaped. Mm -hmm. um, and I stayed with him for a few days. And I went to a, a bar with him and someone offered me Long Island iced tea. That was my very first drink. Mm -hmm. And I, I drank that. And I wanted to prove to, to this John that I was not an alcoholic and an addict, even though he didn't know I was, was one. <laughs> sober, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I got to be, you know, a respectable prostitute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that makes I, sense. <laughs> yeah. So I drank half of this Long Island iced tea and the whole, and I ate, I ate lunch with it too, which, you know, as a drinker, I didn't normally do, but I was eating lunch and I was not going to drink this whole thing because I didn't want him to know I was alcoholic. And so I stared at this iced tea like the rest of the lunch and I was very proud of myself for not drinking it. <laughs> like, how insane is this? And then we went back to his place and smoked PCP. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was but. so good at dinner, I didn't have a, didn't even finish my drink. Right? And then we shot some small. <laughs> I didn't even know I what PCP it. was, hey? Yeah, but we I went home it. and smoked it for days after that. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that was a wild ride too, PCP, man. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That was I, no joke. No, nope. I have, I, I would stare, I stared at a wall for, I think, about eight hours one time. Yeah. I don't think I moved because I, I was afraid if I moved, I would die. Yeah. So I stared at the wall for hours. 
That sounds like he's. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had, I only experienced it a couple of times, and it was just because it was um, lacing the weed. Yeah, we yeah. laced it too. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And uh, at that point, I convinced my family to let me come home. And again, I didn't realize they were doing an intervention. <laughs> so I came home and I met my one sober friend and my mom at the airport. Did you see them and go, well, fuck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. yep. <laughs> well, I thought, okay, I'll cool down for a few days. I'll figure mm-hmm. my shit out and then I'll be okay again. And that was um, July 29th, 1992. And uh, on the way home to from Toronto to Calgary, I ended up on the wrong plane. I don't know how that happened. I ended up in Winnipeg, of all places, sat there for six hours so they could get me a flight back to Calgary. Um, and then on the plane from Winnipeg to Calgary, I actually had the last drink of my, of my using. Um, some guy behind me, I'm not sure how I talked to him, uh, <laughs> gave me a, a sip of his red eye, which is beer and Clamato juice, mm. which is nasty. But that's my last drink. Like, it's not even a good story. Yeah. It was, I drank some guy's drink on the plane. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's kind yeah. of, that's fitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah not even one. glamorous. <clears throat> yeah, so. Um, well, it's not as glamorous as the PCP is. Right, thing, but right, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I don't even know how I talked to the guy behind me on the plane. Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. But yeah. I talk to everybody all the time, and that's still true today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So July 30th I um, is my sober date, July 30th, 1992. 92? Yeah, yeah. So I'm 27 years sober. Jeez. I know. I don't I don't feel 27 years sober. Um, maybe 17, 15. So I don't you, know. But you've been sober longer than you were using. Absolutely. Much longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. But I have the title of like old timer, which I'm not. Like I'm 43 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not an old timer at all. I feel like there's wisdom that comes with that, and I'm not there yet. You know. Well, you're an old timer regardless of whether you want to be. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you, but yeah. yeah. And with that, like having 27 years and like trying to meet people in the program because I'm single, um, that's a story all in itself. Well, um, we're gonna as, get to it. Yeah, yeah. But as soon as I hear 27 years, don't worry, I'm like, guys. Nope. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, as soon as I hear 27 years, they're gone. I'm like, really? really? Come on. Yeah. Why? It's intimidating, I guess. I don't think it is, but I've been told that, right? I, I guess it depends on how much time the guy's got. Or whatever, well, a few but, years. I don't know. Yeah. But then again, like that just that's kind of a bummer. Yes. Hey, guys out there, listen. Listen <laughs> to what's happening here. Yes, please. Seriously. Yes, but I'm only 43, so that should yeah. count for something, right? Yeah, so no, I got sober at 16, a month and a half after my 16th birthday. Wow. So I hadn't even got my license yet. I wasn't legal to vote. I've never legally drank. Yeah. (laughs) That's far out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came out with all these good drinks after I got sober. Eh? Like the flavored vodkas. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I, I would like to try some of that stuff. Not, you know, not some of the drugs, but some of the drinks I would, I would try if I could. But yeah. Yes, I'm not meant to. Yeah. So, okay. So you're sober at yeah, 16. Yeah. And you, so, what happened? What finally got you sober? Which treatment center? What like you got to the yes. airport and? Yep. I went to. Uh, can I name the treatment center? Sure. Yeah. Of okay. Course. I went to Arc, which okay. was really new. Yeah. Um, it's it was the first adolescent one here in Calgary. We've had lots of Arc alum on. Here. Yes, you have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love I love seeing all of them because I worked there for 20 years. Did you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, that's part of, yeah, there's a lot. ARC has a bad reputation, and I take that personally because I was there. Mm. And I'm not an abusive person. Um, so I have some opinions about all of that. I'm yeah. really grateful for ARC because... So what's your take on that? Because you would have been a part of the... You would have been there during yes. that time. Yes. And so yes. can we about talk the lawsuit, about that? Right? Yeah. Can yeah. we talk a little bit about yep. that? Or? Yep. I was on staff when that individual... Well, one specific individual was in treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not believe the lies that she told. Like I watched the documentary with some other ARC people. Yeah. And I had to laugh because it's so insane. Is it really? Heavy? Yes. Because you're on yes. the inside, so. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I don't know why I was never called to testify. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm grateful I wasn't because that's a lot of pressure. But um, I have never hit anybody. I have never sexually mm-hmm. assaulted anybody. Um, yeah, it's the stuff. The rumors I hear are ridiculous. Well, and if that, but if that stuff does happen, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, and let's sure just. It Look has at the, in, yeah. in some ways. Yep. The law of probability suggests yep. that it probably yep. has, right? Uh, yep. Um, but that doesn't mean that everybody who's there does it. No, right? right. Like, hopefully they were able to root out whatever was going on. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I don't know anything yeah. about yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, there's so many ARC, um, I call them kids still. They're my kids, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, in the rooms. And I think you have a right to that. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. And uh, some of them, I love seeing all of them, actually. There's only mm-hmm. a few. Um, that I don't think talk to me, but yeah. um, it's not because it's me, but because of what I represent yeah. working at ARC. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's so many in the rooms that are are amazing. Yeah. yeah. I have. A, I was just thinking of a couple that work uh, at a different place right now, and two of them are working together. Mm-hmm. And these guys were like cr- hardcore criminals, and they and they're were, good dudes too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my God, they're amazing, yeah. and I love yeah. watching them on Facebook, like married and kids, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, and I, respectful and like absolutely, yeah, and just very like. Very with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. There's so many of them. I, oh, I'm so happy for so many of them. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. But so I went to Ark and I, um, I really struggled at first. Yeah. Because uh, again, I felt different. I was the second girl in treatment. Um, the other girl there was six years older than me, mm-hmm. and her boyfriend was also in treatment with her, which meant I had you know eight guys to myself, which I thought was going to be a good thing at first. Uh, <laughs> It sounds like a good idea at the time. (laughs) Yes, yes, until, yeah. I learned um, in early, early treatment, um, I was flirting with a guy on step four. Mm. And um, again, it's always about the distraction. And he paid attention to me, and he wasn't good looking, and he wasn't smart, and he wasn't any of those things, but he paid attention to me. And I felt so worthless on step one. And him and I ended up having a relationship, and our group confronted us on him. And I owned up to it, and I saw, it and I saw how it really takes away um, from who I am and who I want, and who I wanted to be. Mm. Um, so I, I fessed up to it. Um, he didn't, and he ended up leaving treatment. And I felt so much responsibility for mm. that because if he would have died, I, you know, a part of that was on me, and I didn't want to inflict anyone like that again. Mm. Um, so that was a really important step in my early recovery. Yeah. And uh, another guy that I went through treatment with, he, oh, Andrew, he would call me out on stuff all the time. Jen, quit flirting with me. <coughs> Jen, don't talk like that. Like, oh my gosh. Like, he, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So these guys taught me how to have boundaries and self respect, mm-hmm. which is the biggest gift. Because I think if I would have gone through treatment with other girls, I don't think the experience would have been the same. Yeah. Um, I ended up doing my step five with um, Dr. Dr. Voss. Mm-hmm. Um, Does and he I, make them do with him? 
Um, he was my <coughs> clinical. There wasn't a lot of staff back then. Oh, okay. In the early yeah. days, um, he does some. Still, I imagine he still yeah. does. But I've done quite a few with other clinicals. Um, I've done tons myself. Yeah. Um, but he was the only one that really stuck around back then. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad he did it because, um, for me, it was about being completely vulnerable with a male and him not taking advantage of it. Yeah. But having nothing but unconditional love and respect. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, something I wasn't used to. Yep. Um, well, I'm glad he was able to share that with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah like I, I still absolutely love the man. I go to ARC for special occasions. I, mm-hmm. His family's my family. You know, yeah. like they, uh, when I went to ARC, his son was 10 months old, and now he's playing hockey somewhere far away, yeah. and his daughter is a teacher, and the other one, she's just as successful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so very much family. Um, yeah, so ARC was... It was tough, but it it was amazing at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, I went to school um, on level three, which was step eight, mm-hmm. and I went to Crescent Heights because I oh, thought, yeah, because I thought like all the kids from the areas that I was hanging out with, they were like the southeast, like Abbeydale and Marlboro. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, if I go to school in in the in Crescent, I won't know anyone. But I didn't know they busted in all the kids mm-hmm. from those areas. So now I'm in high school. I'm 17 years old. And I need need to graduate in two years because you have to do it. In two, you have to be out by nineteen, or you pay for school. So um, I was sober. I I was smoking at that point, but I was really trying to be a better person. Mm. Um, I made the honor roll, which cool. is impressive. Um, I started hanging out with kids that didn't use. Um, they were nerdy in my mind, but they uh, helped me get through high school. And, yeah. Graduated with honors, um, got my license when I was 19, my driver's license. Um, yeah, um, at, and I started working at ARC, I think, around 18 or 19. Mm. Once I, um, back then, because there wasn't a lot of peer counselors, I think I got hired on level three. Mm-hmm. So I started working at ARC while I was still somewhat in there. Um, and then, as I said, I was there for 19, 20 years in total. Uh, 20. One, I met the love of my life, so I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, at 21, I felt a lot older than I was. Went on a rafting trip with a bunch of AA people. And well, you would have you would have been felt older. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I hung out with people in the program that were, oh, my God, they were so old. They were like 40. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I'm past that now. Did you but, just like oh. bring, their, bring a paper they could give you their will and testament right? with them just in case? Oh. There was days where it was like, I don't know if I want to be sober and hang out with these old farts. Yeah. Like, I thought sobriety was going to be like Saturday night sitting in a smoke-filled coffee shop playing chess. But at it some was point, for a while. It was. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah badass coffee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. I've never played chess. That's the one mm. I've held out for. But Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but, I was, you know, I thought if that's what my life's going to be, it's much better than the life I had. So I thought, yeah. well, let's do it. So me and the 40-year-olds hung out. We do things like bowling and other activities, and you know, at first it was kind of awkward because I was awkward, but mm. you know, so I started doing fun activities. Like when I was 21, went whitewater rafting uh, with a whole bunch of sober people. Oh, cool! That was so much fun. Yeah, I started to like for every sober birthday, I did something crazy. Like I got a piercing, or I got a tattoo, or I went mm. whitewater rafting, or bungee jumping, or not bungee jumping, skydiving. Mm. So every year I tried to do something to kind of honor my sobriety. At 22, I got married. <laughs> yeah, I was married for 17 years. 
Um, wow. Him and I are good now. Uh, yeah. He's remarried. Um, yeah, I, him and I made amends to each other a few times. He's in the program, and him and I do law service together. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's isn't good. It, isn't it cool how sobriety can do that? Well, we were best friends for 17 years. Oh, yeah, when you were together. Yeah, you yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah. So I missed that when we broke up, and there's for no sure. reason to be, like, hateful or vengeful. Totally. Because yeah. he was my best friend, yeah. And, and so it's cool that, like, I can text him now and say, mm. oh, my God, did you see this? Or, you know, I ran into him and his wife with my mom it's at a craft sale last year. Mom hadn't met her yet, mm. so mom met her. My dad's met her. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's good. We, uh, <laughs> we posted a picture together on social media, the three of us. And his family lost their mind. Really? Yeah. So I was talking to his wife the other day, and she said, you know, we should do another picture together. So we've got one planned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was, so what was their argument about, if I can ask? Argument? About the picture. Oh, they just don't like that him and I were in the same picture together. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't end my marriage in a very healthy way. Okay, fair enough. Let me tell you this story, I guess. Sure, since if you want there. to. Yeah, yeah since, since we're here. there. Um, I left art. At that point, I'd been there 15 years, and uh, my husband, Trevor, and I sold our home in Calgary. We moved out to start a treatment center north of Sundry Okay. with some friends of ours in the program. Um, what I didn't know was because of all the changes all at once, I started to go through depression. Mm. And I, I have never suffered mental health at this point that I know of. Maybe I did. Yeah. Everyone else in my life knew it except me. But uh, at this point... Um, we started it in March, and I think by September, uh, it was closed. Mm-hmm. And it, so I was living in Olds. I didn't know anyone there. The meetings weren't, um, I didn't like the meetings there. Mm-hmm. I didn't meet new people. Um, I was depressed that my phone wasn't ringing nearly as much. I wasn't as distracted. And when this place closed, I had nothing left. Mm-hmm. You know, I left Ark. I left... Calgary, I left all of these things, and I've never, I hadn't been unemployed yet. This was my first time, yeah. and um, I didn't know um, about depression. And I started acting out in inappropriate ways mm-hmm. again. Um, my husband wasn't able to emotionally support me, um, not thinking he was going through things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, accidentally, I got a ticket. See, I get tickets a lot. Uh, I got a distracted driving ticket in downtown Calgary, and I posted it on social media. Some guy responded, him and I started talking, and we started having an emotional affair because mm-hmm. he thought I was brilliant and funny and cute, and that's all it took. And so I started having an emotional affair on my husband, and it turned into physical affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, as I said, my husband and I, my ex-husband and I have made amends to each other for this, yeah. um, and it's not something I'm proud of, um, but I also know if I don't talk about it, that's my own shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not who I am today. Yeah. Um, so at this, so I was having affairs for probably about three months um, before he found out. Mm. Uh, we broke up shortly before Christmas, like December 21st. Uh, I went to a doctor and took some tests and realized I'm going through depression, mm. <laughs> situational depression. Um, and as I, I wasn't working yet, and Trevor was so kind and actually bought me the medication. Mm. Which I'm so thankful for because he didn't have he didn't have to yeah he had no obligation so I I thanked him for that before. but he was your best friend too totally yeah. totally and he could yeah. see how bad it was yeah um, so I got on medication Trevor moved out a few weeks later I started working at my job now so I work at a domestic violence shelter and um, 
I didn't know that I was going to need some of this, some of the tools that mm-hmm. I was teaching the ladies at the shelter. Yeah. Um, Trevor started to go through some of his own stuff, and he started to act out. Um, once he moved out of the house, he began stalking me there. Mm. Um, and he'll admit to it, and this, you know, I, I'm sure he's fine with me talking about this. Um, or I'll make amends later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. Hey, if, but, if you guys are friends, it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. It's going to be okay. Totally, yeah. He, uh, he became crazy at this point, and he mm. was driving by the house, and he was acting erratically, and he, um, he scared me quite a bit. Mm. Um, and so the tools that I was learning at the shelter, I now had to, had to use with him. And he had to work through a bunch of stuff, and thankfully he did, because, yeah, it's, it got better after that, and we sat down after. But... Um, yeah, it was interesting because, again, I think God put me in that position at the shelter to keep me safe because mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going to happen with Trevor. I didn't know about safety planning. I didn't know um, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so when I would go to work, I would phone people and tell them where I was. Um, and at one point, my cat, who I still have, oh my gosh, um, I had the, the alarm in the house set. My cat jumped up on the counter, knocked the phone off, set off the alarm. The police showed up. My dad couldn't get a hold of me because I was in training at this job. Mm-hmm. They were worried that I had been kidnapped or, or killed at mm-hmm. this point because Trevor was was out of control. Um, yeah, so I put my dad through a lot of stress with that situation. Um, but I think God really wanted me in that position because mm-hmm. I had worked with domestic violence when I worked in treatment. It, they kind of yeah. go hand in hand. Um, so I've been at the shelter now for over five years. Um, they love me, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find a lot of loopholes there too, <laughs> so I get in trouble sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're yeah. kind of, we're kind of. I think it's natural to look for them. Absolutely, right? yes. Like, and if it's going to help yeah. my client the best way possible, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I, uh, I get to work with these women that uh, are fleeing family violence and abuse, and uh, their children. Mm-hmm. And I work with a lot of singles as well that deal with addictions. So I'm always always dealing with people sending them to treatment or yeah. detox or this week I had to pour out a Mickey of vodka that some lady had in her room oh. yeah but I kind of know her situation and she's lucky it was me this time because that would be would be tough to kick her out yeah yeah I it's just, always hard kicking people out man. yeah especially for the sickness that you know they have absolutely right yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so I, I get to work there now um, I'm still active in service. I do mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. I uh, am a delegate, um, which means I go down to LA every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I attend AA and I attend CA. So I'm a delegate for CA. Um, so I get to go down to LA for a week and ha- a week and do like business meetings. Mm-hmm. But then I have friends down there, and so I get to go to Disneyland and hang out at the beach and do all sorts of fun stuff. Dude, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And what time of year is that? August. Well, September this year. September. September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's. Oh, we went to Disneyland last year. Yeah. And uh, so myself, uh, Lucas, he's three years clean, and Robbie's three years clean. We went to Disneyland. We got there at eight thirty in the morning. 8 a.m. Sorry, we got there at 8 a.m. and we left there at 11:30 p.m. <laughs> we were there all day. We were there after they closed. Yeah, we were like oversized children. We yeah. went on every ride. We took every picture. <laughs> like Good. so much fun. That's fun. And to see the three of us together. Yeah. Oh, like, I call Lucas my son because he's so young. Um, and yeah, he's old enough to be my son. And Robbie, like the three of us are just like three misfits. But yeah, like awesome. we're, yeah, they're phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm divorced. I live with. My best friend, we've been living together now for a couple of years. 
I call her my non-sexual domestic partner, which drives her nuts. Yeah. Yeah. She, that's, she's convinced that's why we were still single. She's now in a relationship. But that's she's convinced that's why you yeah. know, she was single for a long time. That's fine. <laughs> that might have been why my buddies used to hate it when I'd say, this is my heterosexual life partner. Right? Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I, well, I do. I have like one of my friends. He's, we've been friends for so long that that's how I introduce him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I thought it would get us more men, but it didn't. <laughs> I get all kinds of weird looks from waitresses and hostess, hostesses mm-hmm. when I say it. Yeah. Whenever Dom and I are going for lunch and I have to get the table. Yeah. Well, this morning we went for breakfast and I was like feeding her my food and she was feeding me her food. Mm-hmm. Like no wonder people think we're a couple. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, I, we haven't got the feeding. I'm going to feed you one day. Ooh. Yeah. Seriously, strawberries. <laughs> Just ima- Dude, imagine the next photo shoot with strawberries. <gasps> me feeding you oh, chocolate-covered strawberries. I love it. In our Speedos. Actually, I think the bathtub. I think there should be like rubber duckies and in the bathtub. bubble bath and chocolate-covered strawberries. And then our Speedos. Yes, I love it. Can I take the photos? Yeah. I have yeah. an amazing camera that I love to use. Well, I would love it if you would take our picture. Yes. We can do posters. <laughs> we can do T-shirts. We can do coffee mugs for Christmas time. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, see, think of it. Think of a coffee mug. It's going to be you in the Canadian flag oh. Speedo. Oh. Me in the American flag speedo wrestling to get. <laughs> we could wrestle. Oh, wow. Or we could just simply fake like we're gonna wrestle, and we're in like chocolate sauce. Oh. Hey. Wow. Dude, how about KY jelly wrestling? <laughs> have you have you never seen um, old school? Oh, a million times. Right, dude. Come on. Yeah. I feel like he's gonna edit this part out though. <laughs> he will. Which totally. is too bad. Well, see, the funny thing about this is that now, like, if you could see Darcy, he is acting like he doesn't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And he's even acting like he's not interested in what we're talking about. Yep, yep. But (laughs) he's writing notes, though, hey? I saw that. That's right. He's writing notes. He's like, I wonder if I could get a different podcast host for this (laughs) podcast. He suddenly on Travelocity, hey? Yeah, that's right. He's, <laughs> he needs a vacation. U-Haul. He's like, I'm just moving. <laughs> he's like, forget about it. If I move, he can't find me with that speedo. <laughs> he will though. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, eventually, it's gonna. He happen. will track you down. Yeah. yeah well, it's not because I'm fast. It's because I'm patient. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Okay, so now you're, you're, you've been sober for 27 years. Yeah. You're 43 years old. Yep. And like, like what, what do you do with your days? Besides obviously working at the shelter. And, yeah. And you're a delegate. And yeah, yeah. I do a lot of service work. I do a lot of fun stuff too. Um. He's just taking a picture. <laughs> Are you okay with us taking a picture? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let me put my water bottle down. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, we're both like, yeah. Hey, dude, we're over here. <laughs> That's right. Oh, did you take it? Yeah. Was I laughing? Yeah. Oh, damn. When I laugh, I get my double chin. Oh, well. you can take another one. If That's you want. fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah. I mean, what I yeah. always see is that you're doing service work all the time. I do. So, yes. like, do you yeah. do you find that? Do you do more of it because it helps you more, or just the habit of it? Like, I love it. Yeah. I um. Being around alcoholics and addicts, I don't need to explain myself. 
Oh, isn't that nice? Um, yeah. And yeah. it's, um, you know, there's so much joy in helping others. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, I give at work all week. Um, and when I'm doing service work, I get a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I also get from work, too, but I, I get a lot um, from service. Um, yeah, no, it's... Uh, I'm very much a people person, but mm. in the last few years, I've kind of become a homebody, too, which is kind of nice. I uh, I like to putz around the house and talk to my cat. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> If you're not talking to your cat, do you even own one? Well, like, right? How's Floyd, by the way? He's awesome. Yeah? yeah he How old was, is he now? He's, he's seven this year. He is so pissed off because Heather and I were gone for a week yeah. that he bit me today. <gasps> um, where is it? Oh. And it was so, like... He even made this, it's right on my hand. I see that. He even made this little noise, like this little, I'm really sorry, Dad. I'm really sorry. And he just bites again because he's so mad we were gone for a week. I went away in December for four days. Mm -hmm. And Gus is my cat. She's 15. She is the boss. She peed all over the floor. And and she started peeing on my clothes. Like, she's mean. Yes, like when I, you're away or when just I in return. general? No, just when I return because yeah. she's mad. Yeah. yeah. And now she's waking me up like two, three times a night to feed her. Oh, yeah. No, she's, she's a handful. <sighs> they're, they're such handfuls as they get older too, hey? Yes. She's yeah. mean to me. Like I'm, Yes. Cats I'm in an abusive fires. relationship with my cat. That's she, how I used to describe it with Floyd. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she hasn't bit me, but she makes a noise now that yeah. she's never made before. She's mean. She's a bitch. Yeah. And I always joke, like, oh, she can cross the Rainbow Bridge. I'd be sad. I will be sad when that happens. Of course. But for friend. a moment, it feels good just saying it because I'm like, God, I'd like to sleep through the night. <laughs> She's so mean. She yells at me. Mm-hmm. I'll be upstairs in the kitchen and I can hear her downstairs yelling at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, she has been with me through everything. Yeah. So I'm very grateful I have her. Like, in all the chaos when Trevor and I were split and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And, I come home to her every day, yeah. and I love that. She she yeah. is my baby. She doesn't let me pick her up. She has scratched me when I've tried, yeah. um, and I can pet her on her terms. But she is my baby, so mm. I'm grateful for her most of the time. Yeah, yeah. that's the same with Floyd. Like yeah. you know, he was there when my back when I broke my back and I was laid up for mm-hmm. and even though he's like always bit me, he's yeah. always drawn blood. Yeah, from the day I brought him home, <laughs> he has literally been that asshole. Yeah, yeah. But he's but your so, asshole. Yeah, he's my asshole, but he's so... <laughs> yeah. That sounded weird. <laughs> it sounded like we were just named my yeah. asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and back when I was hooking... Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, right? it wouldn't be yeah. the first time somebody named my asshole. <laughs> oh, it's that guy. <laughs> that Excellent. Is... <laughs> At least that's how it plays out in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whether that was real, probably not. But yeah, he was he was my asshole like right yeah. away. But yeah. was in the first week of having him, I was mm. complaining to my some of my sober friends about why'd you tell me to get a fucking cat, you mm. assholes? <laughs> this guy's a son of a bitch. My yeah. I got scars up my arms from him. Yeah. Like my ankles are all scarred up from him. And people were just like, "Yeah, it's a cat man." And then I'm like, "The fuck can you be so calm? This right. is, like seriously, I have an abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah. Should I leave? Should I call the cops? Like, what am I supposed to do?" <laughs> I need a safety plan for my fucking cat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my friends all joke that I'm like the crazy cat lady. Yeah. And I was kind of confirmed this winter. We have this like feral cat that lives under our deck and I've been feeding it. And we named him Leroy because he's just a badass cat. Right. Yeah. So I have an indoor cat and an outdoor cat now. Yeah. 
Leroy will let me anywhere near him. I try, but yeah. he's too afraid. He's feral, so mm. I will win him over at some point. Let's Careful do. with the cats biting you and stuff, eh? They got yeah, that yeah. toxoplasmosis or whatever it is. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I have no idea. I just heard another, someone else was talking about it. Um, it's this thing that cats carry, but they get it from mice. Oh. And it's something, they get it from mice and other things. Um, and it's like, a, it doesn't do anything to the mice or the rats, but it does, and or sorry, it doesn't do anything to the cat. Okay. But in humans, it, oh. it has something to do with our inhibitors. Okay. So they found, so they've studied people who've crashed motorcycles, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the one study that comes to mind is they've, because um, Robert Sapolsky was talking about it. And it. They found with lots of deaths due to motorcycle crashes, this toxic thing was present. Interesting. Yeah. There's all kinds of shit that I don't know nothing about. I don't even know about that, really. I'm just talking yeah. about it. Interesting. I'm talking about cats. Huh. Yeah. I, I think I might have said the name of it wrong. But See, you're a anyway. lot smarter than me. I watch TikTok and watch like some uh, of the like challenges. So it's... <laughs> I am not smarter than anybody. Seriously? like well, I should probably be reading those kind of studies, not watching TikTok. <laughs> My latest well, obsession. I, I We listen to so many, like, I don't know about you, but I know Darcy does. Like, we listen to so many podcasts. Yeah. Like, that I, I can't tell where all the information comes from. Like I've got like six on the go, right? Yeah. That, and but I, it's, I find it fascinating that the more we study the brain, the more that mm. we're being able to actually find biological roots for some things that we thought yeah. were not biological. I have done some research on the brain and plasticity mm-hmm. and, and prayer meditation and how it can literally change your brain. Yeah. Like the neural pathways. Yeah. Crazy, eh? Yeah. Like. That's, so do you, you know, practice meditation? I do. Um, I need to. I want to learn more ways as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been dabbling in it for a little while. Um, it's amazing so far. Yeah. Um, but there's so much more to learn. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite part? Part. I mean, I say favorite part. Like you that. Yeah. What's your favorite part about the practice, though? Like. I have a hard time sitting still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am always on the go, always moving. So it's literally just stopping. Yeah. And just feeling connected to self mm-hmm. um, because for so long I felt disconnected yeah. it always felt opposite from people always felt less than or different or whatever and prayer and meditation I'm good with me mm-hmm. um, I'm comfortable being single I I joke about being in relationships I'm trying dating Ugh. but um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's hard at my age it's it's hard at any age though, yeah John. Like and so hard. to find like myself, like I was talking to my friends the other day, like I'm 43 and that's kind of like adult age. Yeah. And when I asked my friends that are older, like my coworker just turned 60. I said, do you feel like an adult yet? And she doesn't. Yeah. And she's 60. Well, and I good. think, whoa, that's like, you know, senior citizen, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't feel like an adult. I don't either. Yeah. Which is probably not. a good thing. Like I'm an oversized child. Mm-hmm. Um, I go and I play on playgrounds. I play with the kids. I do a lot of like fun stuff like yeah. that. Um, I'm very comfortable in myself now, which is, is such an amazing gift because I never felt that way before. Mm-hmm. I feel connected to God and myself and everyone else. And that's the order it has to be in for me. Like yeah. God is everything, mm-hmm. absolutely everything. Um, I give credit to God when things are good because mm-hmm. I used to just blame God when things were bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> need how that worked back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You son of a gun. Well, even Man, in recovery. I'm so good. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I would yell at God when Trevor and I were splitting up, like, what do you want from me? And mm-hmm. I would swear at God, and and God's okay with that. 
Yeah. My God is okay with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I talk to my God and just like we're talking. Mm. And I know God always has the best for me, and but sometimes I can't see it. Yeah. I've got some weird stuff in my life right now around like car accidents mm. and paying too much money. And I don't know what this is about. Um, and sometimes my, def- my default defect is self-pity. Mm. Um, and I think like, come on, God, like it, I kind of like bargain with God around like I do really good things. Why is this happening over here? Yeah. I was involved in a car accident a few weeks ago. Guy's not insured. He's not registered. I have to pay the deductible. Mm. I'm not happy about it. Okay. So I get a rental car, get a call from the rental company on Tuesday. They said, oh, yeah, there's a crack in the vehicle that you return. You're going to have to pay for that, too. And I'm working on financial amends mm-hmm. that I hadn't really worked on. So I'm like, what? What, God? Come on. I'm a mm-hmm. good person. Like, why? Yeah. Why now? And I have a little hissy fit about it, but it is what it is. And, you know, I can dispute it and I can fight it and I can do all of that stuff or it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Fine. It is what it is. Yeah. You know? And how important is it? Yeah. My, and that's what the book talks about. How important is it for my emotional sobriety and my mm-hmm. serenity? And I try to remember that. Like, yep, I'll be paying a ton of money out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. But I have money to pay and I have a job that I can yeah. work to go pay for some of that stuff. And, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know what the lesson is. Yeah. I but mean, I don't need to know either. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe you're just living the lesson. Yeah. Right? Like, well, and shitty things happen to good people and good things happen to shitty people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. But I think I, I think that's, for my money, that's like what a really good discipline. Well, I say good discipline. I don't know what that really means. Everybody's different with mm-hmm. discipline. But like for myself, a really good discipline prayer meditation time mm-hmm. every day, like or, and throughout the day, because yeah. I do it a couple times a day. Yeah. Um, well, I do it as much as I need, really. But the actual sitting and stopping time mm-hmm. for meditation, twice a day without question. Yeah. Um, once every morning and then in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I found that the more I did it, the better I felt. Because yeah. like you were talking about it, though, that you don't even have to really go into the thinking about letting that stuff go. Mm-hmm. Some things just gradually start to slide away, yep. right? When we when we continue to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about, before you got here, we were talking about waking up pissed off, mm-hmm. right? And we were, we were saying like, I have a theory about it and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know okay. if it's true or not, but I always thought of it like, when I wake up and I'm pissed off already, it's because my subconscious was only rolling around with dirt all night, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. I, I don't know what it was doing maybe, but I'm carrying something, right? Because yep. it happens to Darcy. Obviously, it happens to all of us. Like yep. We wake up just on the wrong side of the bed. Absolutely. As yep. they say. So what do you do in the morning? Do you do it in the morning? Like, do you kind of engage with that right away? or Like with prayer meditation? Prayer meditation, yeah. Uh, after about five, ten minutes. Yeah. After I could shake the, like, sleepiness off. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I sit on the side of my bed, and I do my readings, and I mm-hmm. do my meditation. And then I start my day. Yeah. Yeah. There's some days that... I just stay in bed a little longer and don't yeah. do it. And it affects <laughs> yeah. my day. And I get to work and people are like, wow, are you ever bitchy today? Yeah, I was going to ask you how it affects you. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, ah, you're right. Okay, yeah. let's restart this day. I go to the bathroom. That's There's no privacy in the shelter ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even in the bathroom, it's like it's in the main hallway. I don't know why there's one bathroom in a women's shelter, but that's okay. My goodness. Um, yeah, so I, that's where I go is the bathroom. There's also a room that I go to where they have this this magical chair that I get to lay in and it's like pitch black and it's I can do my meditation there but I learned two weeks ago that if there's no children screaming in the daycare I can't do it as well as like (laughs) yeah yeah. because it was too quiet it was 
there was no noise and it was weird. I had to like have the children screaming in order to do my meditation. That's that strange, room. eh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of get used to that, like the background noise. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was way too quiet. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So no, I need to do, I, I want to learn more ways of, of meditating. Mm-hmm. He's okay. just letting us know yeah. right now. No, so. that's fine. Yeah. Are we really? <laughs> yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. So he yeah. wasn't trying to interrupt. Yeah, no, that's, no, you're good. Um, he's like my brother, right? Like, who's distracting? My brother's Darcy, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's obviously a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. He's, no, he's, yeah. No, you Darcy is good guy. I don't mind taking guy. a break and looking at you for a minute. We don't mind that. Yeah. We're just both picturing you in the Speedo right now. That's all. Oh, my God. Remind me to show you a picture after we're done of a guy that I'll show both of you. I saw this dude in a Speedo in San Diego coming out of the water. Dude, it was magical. He was he was so, he was the I don't give a fuck body with a Speedo yeah. on and yeah. a mullet. So when mullet. He, comes, he comes out of the ocean yeah. with his mullet and he goes and, and this was a few years ago. Day? Yeah, and I was with a girl, Janice at the time, and we were on the beach and, and I said, Janice, 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 look. And this dude comes out and he just does the whole like hair wave. Love it. And I had a crappy camera back then on my phone, but I got a picture of him oh. coming out of the water, man. And it was like, for the longest time, it was my profile pic because I was so proud of that. I'm like, we saw the unicorn. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This gives you hope, hey? Right? But you could do it with the beard since your yeah. beard is so long. Yeah. You can do the, ooh, the full. See, and he didn't have a beard, so you got the whole thing going on there. Oh, joy. That's right. Oh, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, prayer meditation. Yeah. 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 Prayer meditation. And I used to find prayers so awkward, though, because I would do, like, all the prayers, like, from the books and stuff. Mm. It, and it was a good base to start. Yeah. Um, but really, prayer is just conversation. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I will drive and talk to God at the same time. Mm. You know? When I first got sober, though, like, I grew up in a... An alcoholic religious household. Mm. We used to go to a lot of different churches. And that so sounds like fun. Oh, so confusing, hey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I got sober, and they, I was on step two, and I wanted to know, can you pray on the toilet? Because to, to me, that was disrespectful. And mm. so I wanted to ask the question, but I was so embarrassed for so long. And then finally, I asked it in a, in a meeting, and someone and people were like, "Absolutely, you can pray wherever, yeah. you know." And it, it, you know, that's exactly what I do. I pray all the time, mm. wherever I am. Yeah. Um, and sometimes talking out loud in, in the like in my room or talking to guests. Sometimes even working that stuff out mm. is all prayer. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's being mindfulness that I'm not the center of the universe. I think that's that's the key. Yeah. So be, if you can be mindful that yeah. we're just a part of. I think everything does come yeah. at this prayer, right? Like yeah. even your actions, you know, can be a prayer. Yeah. I, I love being so connected and, and being a part of rather than apart from or yeah. like trying to be the center of attention. Yeah. Like being, you know, a player amongst players, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. As one of my sponsees says, he goes, Dave, I'm, I'm not a worker amongst workers. And I'm like, I know. And that's your fucking problem. <laughs> right? Yeah, and he knows too, yeah. right? Like he yeah. knows, and I don't mind saying it like we're recording because that's our fucking problem. Yeah, and then when I say yeah. his, it's mine too. Yeah, right? yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. Just wanting to be when I'm on when I'm running on self will, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I I like being in the background. I like being a part of. I love connection with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I get to hold babies that are literally two days old. 
Yeah. You know, um, I work with all sorts of different people. In, you in went through a surrogate journey with someone, didn't you? One of your friends or several of your friends? I have a friend that's a surrogate. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have, um, yeah, she's, yeah, she had a couple. How do you feel about that? Isn't that crazy? I, yeah. It's crazy beautiful, but it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, actually, the so she had, um, she was a surrogate to someone in her life, and it didn't quite go the way she wanted it to, so her second round was with a couple from France. Yeah. And she chose this couple because I've always said in my next life, like, I, I can't carry babies. Mm -hmm. In my next life, I want to be a surrogate for gay couples. I've yeah. always said that, yeah. and that's actually why she chose this couple. Oh, that's fine. And that out. kind of, yeah, so it was kind of a, a, an honor to me that Very she did that so. and then she's got like so many like surrogates now and mm -hmm. specifically gay couples and couples all over the world which is phenomenal it's fantastic yeah eh? yeah it's so I, I love watching her journey and yeah and that all evolve and it's so cool oh yeah it was it's one yeah. of the coolest things that I've ever like that I've known a human doing it's, right I, yeah because Heather did it you can't was, yeah you can't yeah. give a bigger gift than that I did see her photos actually yeah. on Facebook it's amazing yes yeah. I just I couldn't believe it when when we first got together actually yeah she, that was one of the first things she told me she goes just so you know I'm gonna do this and I said well just so you know that you should yeah that's fucking awesome yeah I'm like I'm just some dude if yeah. I'm here next month or you're not like we don't know yeah yeah but that's something you got to do absolutely yeah. yeah it's you can't give a bigger gift than that and besides I'm not gonna yeah. lie to you when she was pregnant she was horny all the time yeah like seriously like all the time well and you couldn't get her more pregnant. Well, so, no, exactly. Hey, like benefits. Like, yeah, like, she she might. Yeah, she'll probably get a chuckle out of that if, I, if she hears it. But because I mean, she was right, like it yeah. was like all. Of the, I mean, and don't get me wrong, it's not like we were not horny beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when <laughs> for some reason, yeah, I didn't even know I had a thing. Okay, I didn't know I had a thing. But something about that big belly, man, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, honest to God, I just, I didn't know I had a thing. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know I had a thing. We did a Christmas huh. pictures where I painted a, a bow on her pregnant belly. Did you see those pictures? I did. I saw those. Yeah, you might have seen them. I saw them. How did you while. not see them? What? Well, he was. We weren't Facebook friends then. Oh. Yeah. I'll, sh I'll send. He was them chasing to you. you, but you weren't responding. Yeah, I had. I had Heather decorated my beard with lights. Yeah. And I painted her belly with a ribbon. Yeah. I tried to make this so that I had no paint. so that I had my my arms around him. Yeah, yeah, and then oh. we were both sitting together. Like the Demi Moore. Oh my God! All I could, all I was, it was oh. an ode to Demi. Yes, I love it. Was it. An ode to Demi. Yeah, we got Darcy so many nothing, good ideas, Darcy. No part of it. <laughs> How long can we torture you for? Yeah, no shit, eh? Well, Jen, like, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um. I think, you know, I think about recovery and, and I think what we've shown tonight, it, it is, it's about fun. It's about a lot of laughter and mm. love and it's about enjoying this moment, whatever this moment is, even Precisely. if it's a tough moment, yeah. it's about breathing through it and, and taking it for what it is. And, and there's so much love and laughter mm. and I just, I, I laugh majority of the days, yeah. you know, and I, I have such a good life and. When I got sober, I didn't know if I could ever be happy. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so happy now in my life. It's it's not what I imagined or what I pictured or, you know, mm -hmm. I wanted to be married forever with lots of children and that yeah. wasn't the plan. Uh, and that's okay. 
um, this is a different chapter. It's I don't know what's coming next. I'm excited for it, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. You know, so li life is good. It's not. It's different and it's really good all at once. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's it's different good, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's scary and it's exciting and it's uh, you know. I I think that's something that changes, hey, when it goes from scary to scary but exciting. Totally. Yeah, there's like an addition on there where yeah. it's like, yeah, it's, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, it's like, like kids at Christmas, you know. I, yeah. I want to open these presents and see what's coming, and you know, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, totally. so I don't know what the plan is. I, um, yeah. I, I'm just enjoying the ride. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Well, totally. thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, thank you for coming. And hanging out and talking and making fun of Darcy, because totally. I do that with my own brother, so yeah. it's just easy to do. Well, and the funny thing is, is he knows this, but like when we're when we get made fun of as guys, we love that. Well, because we know that we're loved. Then I know that I'm loved when my buddies bust right? my chops. If I don't like yeah. somebody, I don't make fun of them. I don't yeah. put in the effort to tease them. Yeah. So the more I love you, the more I harass you. And one of the reasons <laughs> I don't harass people that I don't really like is because I know that it's not going to come out funny. Right. Right. Yeah, there's the maliciousness. Yeah. In it. yeah, it's yeah. gonna come out like that's true. Hey, fuck face. Yeah. Hey, fuck face. Yeah. yeah. I have a few of those in my life. Yeah. Ooh, well, she can't take that joke. I imagine. I imagine you do. Because um, any one of us who's in the rooms regularly, yeah, we got lots of those in our life. Oh yeah. yeah. And the good news about that is that we are them for somebody <laughs> else. Oh. There are some people that think we are the fuckers, and I love it. Do you really? Yeah, I do. See, my ego sometimes, I'm like, you know, I don't need to like everybody, but they yeah. all need to like me. Yeah. But my ego sometimes. They're like, what do you mean you don't like me? I don't like you, but what do you mean you don't like me? I get giddy. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's probably something wrong with me, but I get giddy. Ooh. when some Yeah, because I think I spend a good portion of my life trying to get people to like me and okay. do the, you know, and follow yeah. in the right footsteps and do the right things. But then okay. finally I was like, oh my God person doesn't like me <laughs> and i giggle and i yeah. and i really feel it in my heart where i'm like oh my god this is what i've been missing this is what i've been missing because we're, we're imperfect yeah there's gonna be yes. no, not it's absolutely impossible for everyone to like us right like i i do take a sick pleasure in torturing some people sometimes right? yeah i, I do <laughs> I do. I hope they don't listen to the podcast. They'll be on to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. See, I don't mind saying it on here because then if someone is listening, they can figure it out. They can be like, oh, that asshole, he doesn't like me. That's what it is. <laughs> he never jokes with me. Right. That's not what it means. Yeah. Only sometimes. <laughs> now they're even more confused. Right. That's the whole idea. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we really <laughs> want to help you out out there. By confusing the shit out of yes, you. <laughs> yes, yes, we've made it clear as mud. <laughs> well, so, okay, before we go, yes. I, I want to try to close it off when, whenever I remember, but I don't all the time. Is there anything that you would tell anyone out there uh, that, if, that you could have, if you could have heard it when you were younger, maybe not 16, but younger, mm -hmm. um, because I don't know what happened at 16. I never would have came in. I'd have been like, you can just fucking kill me now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good on you. Yeah. But yeah. There, so... Is there anything that you would want to say to someone out there who might be struggling or just hiding in the dark? Mm, hiding in the dark, that's a good one, hey? Yeah, that's how I think of it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, I, there's people at the meetings that I really do try to go and reach out to, the ones that don't talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. But I think there's always somebody that wants to listen to mm -hmm. you. Even though you feel small, 
you know, phone like a helpline, mm-hmm. phone um, somebody, ask somebody for help somewhere because people want to help. They want to, mm-hmm. they want to feel useful. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think the biggest thing is you're never alone. Mm-hmm. There's always one of God's agents somewhere, right? Yeah. Whoever that is. So and there's could, lots of them out there. Yeah. There's it, whether that's internet. You yeah. know, if you want to reach out online, if you want to reach out on the phone, if you want to, there's, there there is always help. Mm-hmm. So even if you feel completely alone, you're not. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. what's the name of the shelter? Calgary Women's Emergency Shelter. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. And so if you're if you need a way out as well, and we like I understand mm-hmm. how hard that is. It's complicated beyond my intellect. Yeah. Yep. Um, but there are people who are waiting to help. Like, and well, they have a twenty four hour crisis line. Oh. And it's not just for people fleeing abuse. It's for all sorts of different supports. Oh, okay. So What's the four zero three two three four seven two three three? So it's four zero three two three four safe. Is the word S A F E? Yeah. Okay. Did yep. you get that, Darcy? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's phenomenal. The cool. staff there are awesome. Yeah. So and we'll we'll attach a link to the podcast. Yeah. And, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. It's yeah. We get all sorts of calls. We get really fun ones and yeah. not fun ones and weird ones and yeah. I was I worked at a women's shelter for um, exactly two and a half months. Yeah. And I lasted two and a half months because I went on vacation for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. It was like one of those where I took the job, but I already had this vacation planned yeah and then i came back from my vacation yeah it wasn't actually no it wasn't even i was there for a vacation do you mean like incarcerated Is that no what three weeks i was on holiday i took holiday because i had <laughs> I them booked. <laughs> yeah I ha- sorry i had them booked before i took the job yeah so they they honored it yeah well they didn't know was that when i came back and they had put me in a cubicle i was going to quit oh. so that's what happened oh i came back from vacation and i yeah. was in a cubicle and like i'm the only shelter? dude yeah. Yeah. Just was one out in the northeast. I'm the only dude, and and all the other girls are, of course, the girls are smaller than me. Like, it's just the way it was. They were all smaller than me, mm-hmm. and the cubicles were built for their size, not for my size. So of course, I had no room in the cubicle. And I'd also told myself when I first started as a social worker, I said, I will never work in a fucking cubicle. Yeah. Because if they stuck me in yeah, a cubicle, yeah, I don't work in a cubicle. Yeah, I can't do it, man. Like, no. It was awful. No. It was no. just a terrible way to like to treat staff. Yeah. Especially when you're working in such a terrible yeah. environment, right? It's so important that men work at women's shelters, though. I, I agree. It, it surprises agree. women, but like, there's so many yeah. decent men that I've talked about, like the unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really important to to have really strong men. Yeah. And we have only one at the shelter right now that works there. Yeah, works and, nice. and it's it's probably really hard, right? Because it's a hard yeah. it's a hard thing for a guy to kind of get acclimatized to. Yep. But so, then on top of it, it's kind of like. Yeah, it, it was yeah. it was a great job. I would have liked to have stayed. Yeah, but at the same time, everything happens for a reason. I love watching the little kids with the men. Yeah, like they yeah. they need those strong father figures that are like positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah it changes lives. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jen. You're very welcome. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts.